Welcome to the Big DK Energy Podcast. This is your boy, Danny Carenter, or DK as the host. For everyone tuning in, I just want to say welcome to the show and thank you for showing up. Whether it's a lot or of a few of you, it's much appreciated. We have a treat for you today as the first guest. This young man started in football stardom, playing in Division II collegiate athlete level. He was a pretty strong safety, I'll tell you that. But then he eventually made his way over to Orlando, where he excelled in both his classes as well as socially being part of a fraternity as well as pursuing his acting ambitions. And in doing so has led to a few projects and is now even leading him to move out to LA, the land of angels. Without further ado, please help me in welcoming the very first guest for the Big DK Energy Podcast, Mr. Jalen Alpha to Omega Houston. <laughs> Yo, thank you, man. That's a that was a good intro. I like that. My heart kind of I felt that one right here. Gotta take a deep breath for that one. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. It's it's an honor to be here. Seriously. I'm definitely grateful to be the first guest on your podcast. It definitely means a lot. This is going to go big. Not this episode. Well, not just this episode, but the entire podcast. Correct. Not just this episode. Yeah, man. You're about to kill this entire platform, this entire segue, dog. I'm so excited for you, bro. But thank you, man. It's an honor to be here again. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being on the show. I mean, of course, you know, just gathering guests for podcasts, you know, seems so daunting. And <laughs> I'm just glad that, you know, I was able to hit you up and you were available. But, Anything uh, for my boy DK, bro. Anything for you, man. You're the man. And uh, I love your shirt. Appreciate it. Everybody who's not who's not here, I wish you were. <laughs> Le flame. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, what concert was that? Um, this was the Astro World tour. Okay. Actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw the Astro World. I'm just like, what was that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. In my opinion, that was his best album, and I've been a Travis Scott fan since uh, Days at the Rodeo. Yeah, actually, um, you know that song, Mama Cita. Yeah, of course. I love that song. Yeah, that song's good. I mean, he has a lot of bangers on that mixtape. That was actually, I listened to it for the first time in 2015, actually, when I was at SEU. I listened to it. I was like, wow. That was on, I don't know if you remember that um, that music platform, My Mixtapes. No, I never actually so, checked that out. Yeah, so that was a platform for mixtapes before people started putting like their mixtapes and stuff like that on um, like Apple Music. Now everybody puts their, not artists, put all their music on Apple, even if it's not an album. But so mm. it was My Mixtapes. And yeah, that's when I first heard him like, yo, this dude's got it. Like, this is good. Um, are there any other artists that you listen to on that platform that have made it big? Gucci. Well, Gucci was always big. Exactly. But <laughs> I always listen to Gucci Man. Burp. Yeah. <laughs> Gucci Man, uh, Waka Flocka, of course. <laughs> oh my God, Flocka. Um, who else? Chirpy Red, Lil Uzi, actually. I listen to a lot of Lil Uzi. Lil Uzi's actually in my top and my top five favorite rappers. Now, I wouldn't say like best. Of all time? He's one of my favorite of all time, yeah. Lil okay. Uzi. Any, nice. Almost any Lil Uzi song that comes on, I'm like, yep, leave it. Don't change it. Yeah, that's right. Lil Uzi, Juice World, R.I.P. Juice, Travis Scott, of course. We went over that. Those are the three off the top of my head where I could be like, okay, any one of those, any one of those artists come on, don't, don't, don't click next. This uh, concert was probably the best concert I've ever been to. I, I had to get this shirt. I mean, how can you not? I mean... You've seen the documentary of Travis Scott. Yeah, man, that he's a he's a he's he's a legend in the making. I'll say that. I if not already, he's definitely a legend in the making for sure. I honestly do think he's kind of a legend now because he's already just kind of blew up. Yeah, he blew up. It seems it always seems like people blow up quick, you know. 
people think everything happens overnight but i mean if quick is like you know five years yeah exactly that i mean in the the music world that's pretty quick i'd say yeah that is pretty quick it's like that's like one to two albums and you're there already that's that's not a that's a hard feat to to take on absolutely just you know i sometimes think about like how music has evolved in in a way it's just that you know just like Okay, granted, I I don't know how you stand on this, but, you know, how other things evolve. You know, I believe in human evolution, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, music has kind of evolved um, as well. Because even though, yes, we know about, like, classical songs, you don't hear people going to classical concerts anymore as much. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I feel like it's more the older bunch. And by older, I mean, like, 40 to 50, Mm -hmm. something like that. But, yeah, for our generation, nobody really goes to those type of concerts anymore. Like, even, like, rock and roll and stuff like that. I was about to say, unfortunately, even though it is, even though I love all types of music, rock is my number one because that's what I grew up on. However, I do, unfortunately, it is is dead. Yeah, it is. I feel like it took a hard fall, like, quickly. Because in high school, it seemed like the last bits of rock were either really heavy metal, Mm -hmm. um, like that screamo punk kind of crap i was not a big fan of that and then (laughs) ska or some kind of reggae but that's literally all there was i mean there's also like indie rock and all the other stuff but you know some i mean some of that stuff is good but then other of other stuff of it is like really corporate washouty and it reminds me of really bad disney commercials oh not the bad disney commercials (laughs) you know what i think has replaced rock for real and because i've become a big fan of it alternate or uh, alternative music yeah you're right alternative music i love it the 1975 florence and the machine oh absolutely man i i love both of them so freaking much i also listen to a lot of new r&b obviously like the the 19 like late 80s and then 1990s r&b classics of course but also like there's a few like division uh they're a duo i love all their music as well i can those are that's another group that if you turn on a song by them i'm like yeah do not change this never heard of them actually i'll give them a listen as i'm on my way to my gig today yeah <laughs> um where does barry j blige does, does she fall into r&b yeah she falls into r&b excellent she falls in the classic category excellent because i think she's awesome in my opinion yeah yeah she's huge bro she's still winning awards to this day for for albums that she's put out only reason i know that is because uh, a director and producer that i'm pretty close with mm-hmm. i'm actually going to visit him when i um go out to la for this upcoming trip um he always posts about her so that's how i keep up with her because he's like She's the love of my life. She's the greatest of all time. Blah, blah, blah. She's definitely in the Whitney Houston category. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, as time goes on, you know, people will start to get into that category of our era. Mm-hmm. Just just imagine at the point where it's just like people are learning about Doja Cat in a textbook. <laughs> are you a fan of Doja Cat? I, oh, uh, it's like, <laughs> I do like her music. I'm not her biggest fan. I do like her music. And also, I do find her very attractive, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very unpopular opinion, but... I mean, I also feel like she's kind of nuts. She is crazy. But I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of appreciated that about her. I think what throws me off, honestly, and and about Doja Cat in that scenario, when she posted about like black people and why she's not attracted to like black guys and I, stuff. I read about that. <laughs> like, I'm not against that. Like, you like what you like, but Correct. there's no need to like kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like put down where you came from. Exactly. You know, we'll get into that later, but that there's a lot of that in the industry as well. Like there's a lot of like ethnic and culture people who kind of just forget where they came from or like put down where they came from to 
make the man look good or to, to make their to up their status you know i'm not a fan of that that's that's something i've always vouched about growing up like once i get to this level of my career in media and acting entertainment whatever it may be mm -hmm. i'm not gonna forget where i came from i'm not going to like it's unnegotiable it's like i'm not gonna negotiate my culture and stuff like that for a dollar bill you know that's just me like i will I will turn, and I feel like people say this until they get to that point, but I don't see why I wouldn't have any problem turning down some type of deal for, like, if I don't, if it doesn't align with my values, you know? A lot of people do that. It's very unfortunate, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it is. And I can't understand it because I'm of a different culture, if that makes sense. But the thing right. is that I can at least appreciate where you're coming from. Right, right, right. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course. Back, because I know we we're talking about Travis Scott back at SCU. Yeah, um, yeah, you played uh, football for SCU, correct? Yeah, I did. I, I played for the first inaugural year. Really? The football team, yeah. So how I even got into football, um, I mean... Yeah, where did it all start for you? I've been a football... I'm going to take my glasses off. I've been... <laughs> I've been a um, football fanatic for as long as I can remember, just because like um, my family, like lineage, like they all played college, collegiate sports. Like, oh, really? Maybe like one or two of them went to the league, but not for a long time, like distant uncles, cousins, stuff like that, That's you know? still pretty cool. But yeah, like my dad played at FSU and- um, Oh, really? What position was he? He played safety as well. Oh, no way. Nice. He played, yeah. We, we come from a long line of heavy hitters. Nice. Um, and then my, my uncle, his brother, played for um, for UF, for oh. University of Florida. He played safety. He graduated from there. My other uncle, my mom's brother, played for FSU as well. I can't remember what position he played, but he also played for FSU as well. So just that's just the name of a few of my family, but mostly all the boys. I come from predominantly, well, no. I don't. I feel like there's more women in my family than men, but all the men always were involved in football. So anyway, um, I moved to Orlando from Tallahassee. I was born in Tallahassee, uh, kind of grew up there until I was about six or seven. About I say about six. And then um, immediately once we got settled in here in Orlando, my, my parents got me into a um, flag football league. So grew up with both of my parents. So that's definitely a blessing. Um, get into that later. But yeah, so straight play flag football for two seasons. And then um, once I was like ready, once my dad thought I was ready, my mom, she never really cared. Because, you know, like most moms are like, I don't want my baby to get hit, blah, blah, blah. Especially with the CTE problem, you know, flaring up. Yeah, well, that wasn't even a thing back then, right? That's right. So that was, man, how old? That was like 2004, 2003, 2004. It really wasn't that long ago, if no. you really think about it. Less than 20 years. I mean, well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, when you look at it, it really wasn't that long ago. But yeah, so as soon as I was ready to, to get in there, bro, I was in pads before I knew it, um, playing linebacker and running back because I was a lot shorter. <laughs> um, I had a growth spread out of nowhere in high school, but yeah. I get to hit mine. <laughs> it, it's almost here, bro. It's coming, I promise. At 26. I'm, I'm telling you, bro, stretch, stretch, workout, run, sleep. So <laughs> through through middle school, played football i was super bad in middle school um fun fact so my seventh grade year i had 21 referrals and and in, in oh. middle school no one would believe me now because of how like how i present myself now but i was really freaking bad for no reason at all and i remember spring break we were getting ready to head over to uh, tallahassee because like usually for breaks winter break spring break summer if i didn't have football i was going to stay with my grandma my mm -hmm. brothers we, we'd go stay with my grandparents and so my mom went to the um to the mailbox 
mm-hmm. and she got a mail, uh, a letter in the mail, like with her name on it, like oh, to the parents of Jalen O. Houston. It was from Beyond Scare Straight, the A and E network. Oh, yeah. So to be on that show because I was so bad, and she opened it and read it, and she was like, "I hope you have a good spring break because when you get back, you're going to jail." And she she showed me the letter, and I read it, and I was like. Nah, nah, like I immediately clicked immediately. I was like, yo, I am never getting in trouble again. So literally from that day, I never got in trouble at school ever again. No referrals, no detention, no lunch, nothing ever again. That's what really scared me straight before I even (laughs) got onto the show. I was like, bro, I'm not doing this. Hey, at least you know you nailed the audition. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah, they did their job without me even have to be on air, bro. Yeah, dude, you're such a good actor that, you know, you didn't even need an audition. Exactly, exactly. We're just going to put you on the show. Man, just thinking back on it, it's just like, damn, I was really that bad. Like, I was getting into fights, like two, three fights a day. Oh. Like it got to the point I was in my dean's office for my for my grade so much. One day she's like, "Listen. Tomorrow morning, eat your breakfast. Once the first bell rings, don't even go to class. Just come straight to my office." Bro, I swept and cleaned around the entire middle school campus all day. That's really? all I did. That's all I did. And when it was lunchtime, I sat in her office, ate lunch, go back to cleaning and walking around. What a broom and, and I was like, "Bro, this is horrible. I feel like a janitor. I'm not getting paid." <laughs> not saying there's anything wrong with janitors they're very oh, important no. yeah they're very bro. but as kids that's what we're taught unfortunately yeah exactly growing up you're like oh if you have any one of those jobs a, a trash man or a janitor like you're seen as invaluable but every job is important seriously especially those yeah 100 percent. because not everybody wants to do those right? exactly and you know i mean i hear garbage people get paid a pretty decent salary they actually do they actually really do they actually in some cases make more than teachers I mean, I don't blame them. They have to put up with everyone's crap. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Pun intended. <laughs> so would you say that like football disciplined you in a way and got you on a much more corrected path? Yeah, football, I think I, I'm biased, but I think football is probably one of the most disciplinary sports because of how much it takes. I mean, from like a lot of people don't understand, like now if you watch like the NFL, you just see what happens on Sundays. But you don't people don't understand that and like the off season is really where all that work is produced. A hundred percent. Conditioning, meal plans, um, working out it's marked to the nth degree in terms mm-hmm. of hours. I mean, I've seen I had a couple of buddies who played line who played a linebacker at uh, the University of Minnesota and they showed me their schedule and um even your fraternity brother Tristan Hill, um, he yeah. showed me his schedule, um uh, what his days was like on the Cowboys and like that kind of stuff. And it's like marked literally like as if it was like a full-time job. Oh yeah. It is. It, a is, it, is. Yeah. it is a full-time job. So it, it definitely increases in like marked to a T no matter what level you're at. But yeah, to answer your question again, I'd say like it really helped me keep my head on straight and help me focus because football has always been my passion. One of my passions I'd say. Um, high school, I actually was going to Dr. Phillips because I was in the magnet program for, um, theater and performing arts. I got into that program. So I was able to go to that school for a year. And then, so it got to the point the next year where they were just like, this is like acting football. They're both very tedious 
and what you need to be doing and, and like the time required to put in. So I had to choose. So obviously being a younger kid, I chose football. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play football, even though, but always in the back of my head, I always knew. I'm like, damn, I love football so much. I've been playing since I was six, seven years old. I just knew. I'm like, bro, I, I still, there's something about the entertainment industry. There's something about acting. I knew I had to get back into it eventually. And so ended up playing high school football all throughout. Um, ended up getting signed to Southeastern University in Lakeland nice. um, for D2 football. So I stayed there for a year. Um, and yeah, even in that schedule, bro, it was literally wake up, wake up super early, have a film session. The first thing in the morning, film session, go eat breakfast, go to class. Sometimes we have um, a morning practice and then film session mm -hmm. and then eat, go to class. And then I think like three or four o'clock from like four to like six or seven, we had regular practice. Then it's study hall. Well, then it's dinner. Then it's study hall. Then you're in your room getting ready for bag one, getting ready to go into the next day. So, I mean, that's just one simplistic day. Some some easier than others. It was hard. Wow. Dang. I gained I gained 20 pounds of muscle, though. Damn. Um, like when I first got there, they had me on such a like such a strict plan to help me grow. Um, like when I went there, I was like 172 pounds um, that July. Like I literally graduated high school, had like a month and some change. And then it was straight into a training camp. So once I got on that campus, I was 172. By the end of January, I was 196. God damn. Yeah, I, I, that was the biggest I've ever been, greatest I ever felt, everything. So that just goes to show just how tedious like that schedule is, bro. Wow. And so you played how many years at SU? Just one. Just their first year. So they actually inaugurated the football team uh, that year, 2015. or. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, 2014 going into 2015. Nice. So that season I played there. And then at the end of the spring, um, I wasn't on a full ride scholarship and it is a private school. Team was really good, but it's so expensive. So I was also like, bro, I don't think I could keep this up. I don't want to put my family through this financial struggle like later on because I already knew. I'm like, bro, this is just too much, especially if I'm not going to get a full ride. Like there's really... True. Oh, yeah, that's right. The full ride thing would definitely help out. Yeah, I, I would have stuck around for sure. Like I would have gave it 150 percent if I would have got a full ride scholarship, but that didn't get renewed. So I was like, man, I can't I'm not going to do this to my family. That's how I ended up at UCF. What was the most difficult team that you played while you were there? The most difficult team, bro, I I would say Weber, hmm. Weber University, as weird as that sounds, because we had to play them. We played them at home and we beat them and then we had to play them again for the uh division conference finals mm -hmm. it's for the playoffs and we lost by a touchdown so but they were a tough team they were a tough team and like a lot of people from seu knew people at weber so it was always a lot of trash talk on social media people texting back and forth just a lot of crap so like to my like memory the best of my memory i'd say weber for sure just imagine it's just like, bro, you go to a Division two school. Oh, yeah, well, we just got some good football players and you don't. Yeah. And that's like, and like, that's that's the best insult you can come up with. <laughs> It'd be a lot deeper than that. Really? Well, I mean, it could be like, I don't know if you've heard of Jalen Ramsey. He plays, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's 
one of the only 99 rated players in Madden right now. Yeah. One of the few. But yeah, he did you see how he used to text like his opponent's girlfriends and stuff like the day before a game? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could get like that. Man's a savage. Yeah, he is a savage, but he's good at what he does, man. You got to give him his props. <laughs> but <laughs> He's just a savage. Yeah, that's right. In fact, if anything, that kind of adds to his game, I feel. Mm-hmm. You already have a mental edge over your opponent. And that's another thing, bro. Football is like 90% mental. And that... Well, linebackers are mental. Yeah. You got to be a lunatic to play linebacker. <laughs> uh, yeah, almost a killer. Not re- not referencing Wade Lewis, but... um. Oh. Too soon? <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I was going to say Brian Erlacher because he was a savage. I okay. Know. I was about to say Brian Erlacher never killed anybody. No, but he was a killer on the field. Oh, 100%. Like, an animal at linebacker, bro. He... That was someone, like, growing up, I modeled my game after on defense. Mm-hmm. But since I was, like, a lot smaller and really freaking fast, um, my favorite player of all time is LaDainian Tomlinson. Nice. LT. So, yes. Well, one of the LTs because there's also Lawrence Taylor. Oh, yeah. Lawrence Taylor as well. He's automatic legend. You got to put him up there. Um, but that's who I modeled my game after. That's why I became a San Diego Chargers fan when they were in San Diego. Now nice. they're Los Angeles. It's crazy how that works. True. I mean, you know, the Chargers are still the Chargers and... Granted, they still have that history. I mean, as long mm-hmm. as you're not a Ryan Leaf fan. Mm-mm. Nah, I don't really care about Ryan Leaf. <laughs> I, I could give two craps about that guy. Man, did you hear? Did you, have you ever heard about a story like how he just... Because I actually watched a video about it the other day. And um, it turns out he was just... He was always partying, never going to practice. And um, like he was like the... I think he was number one overall. And then like... Within like a few se- within like three seasons, he was booted. I mean, hey, that's I'm kind of surprised they gave him three seasons if he was doing all that BS. Yeah, exactly. Because the NFL does not play. It doesn't. Yeah. Remember, um, Johnny Manziel. Money Manziel. He was the truth in college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when he got to the league, turns out the league played way different from college, and that's what completely screwed him over. Well, that including the partying. The the drunken mishaps. Anybody could have saw that coming though. Yeah, I feel like anybody who pays attention pays attention to like football could mm-hmm. could have saw that coming. Yeah, I I saw it coming for sure. And now I think he's like doing like insurance commercials. Is he really? Yeah, I know he was like going into rehab. I I feel like he's done a lot better though. Yeah, like as far as like that that aspect of his life, and he was playing in the Canadian Football League for a season or two. Yeah, and then he absolutely sucked in that too. <laughs> Yo, man, they say it's a real statistic. Like, um, from middle school to high school, only like twenty eight to like thirty something percent of football players like play at the high school level, and then it goes to like like twelve percent of those from high school to college, and then from college to NFL, it's like. Point eight percent make it to the NFL. Wow, that's it's intense, bro. I bet. Yeah, I mean, even uh, you know, I'd be you know, if I had the chance to even play on a practice squad, that would be amazing. I mean, being paid like don't they get paid like three hundred k a year? Yeah, even on the practice squad, they make good money. Bro, three getting paid three hundred k to play football. I mean, how could you not take that? Yeah, man. But people, some people just take it for granted. Well, most of them take it for granted more than others, but. I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things where you don't like you have to be in it to really understand. But even if you like like me, like follow the sport, understand what's going on, like you kind of know like what it really takes and what you really have to do. It's a sacrifice. It is.
And we are back. We are now entering into phase two. So what Jalen Omega Houston is really known for, besides being a football stud, is becoming Hollywood's unheard of elite. Or he's already a part of that unheard of elite. But the thing is that he needs to become heard. And tell us about a little bit about that journey. So you said you started... Um, you said you started following acting after going to Dr. Phillips School for the Arts. Yeah, so I um I started there. Like I was in like little plays and stuff in elementary school, middle school stuff like that. Um, and then I don't know what happened there. There was like a big major time for magnet programs. So my best friend he went to Boone High School because he got into the magnet program for law. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to try something different. Like the magnet program sounds dope. And she, my mom was like, do you want to go to like to Boone with with Aaron or do you want to like what do you want to do I'm like honestly like I want to go to I I want to do something with theater and stuff like that so we had an audition so there was actually an audition to even get into that program to go to school so I I nailed that audition had to do two monologues nailed them did amazing went there for a year and it was great it was a great experience and then again like choosing between football and that is just like a being a young boy, just wanting to be impressive, knowing my skill set, I'm like, and knowing my like what I was familiar with, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with football. But yeah, so that's where I started. Um, then once I got out of that program, I started doing drama and stuff at my home high school where I started going to, and just kind of did that for the like the rest of my time in high school. And I just was like, okay, now it's fully now I'm fully focused on football. Started going to UCF. Always knew that was something in the back of my head. I was always recording. I, I was always like very natural in front of the camera, just always putting on like performing, so to speak. So toward it, towards the end of my time at UCF, um, my good friend Adrian, he like was on this modeling stuff and, and vlogging and stuff like that, like just on his own doing the same thing. He's like, hey, bro, like you should take this improv class. I took one when I was in Miami. It was really great. Um, this, this and that. And he's like, I'm coming up to Orlando to stay and I'm going to take this improv class um, at SAC Comedy Lab. And I was like, huh, I'm going to look into it. Immediately looked into it. Got enrolled in the same class as him. We started taking it. Did that. Um, did the performance at the end of the semester, stuff like that. And I was like, yo, this is amazing, man. Like just being up on stage and I also got like compliments into from people I didn't even know they're like you're the best person up there like you were great um there was a game we had to play I I'm sure you're familiar with it it's like it's like uh, it was freeze oh yeah it was freeze so literally that when we're on stage like crowd audience everything every time she said freeze I swear for like seven scenes nobody sat, tagged me out Oh really? Yeah. So you ran the so you ran the gauntlet. Yeah, I ran the gauntlet, bro. So I had to do that, and I got so much praise for that and stuff. I was like, damn, bro, this feeling is amazing. It felt so natural, um, and that's when I knew. I'm like, yo, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, this is this is what I needed. So then that's kind of how the birth of J Talks started coming up. Um, what is J Talks, by the way? So J Talks. Um, some people just call them little TED Talks. So basically, what J Talks are, they're just like kind of small, like like videos so from like five to like 12 minutes of me just talking about a topic that people want to hear about so usually on my instagram um follow me on instagram Jalen omega you'll see them all on my igtv bro i've made like 50 can you believe that wow it's been two years dang i've made like 50 so basically just talking about like topics people want to hear about so predominantly people love to hear about relationships that never goes out of style (laughs) so if you're ever running out of content 
get somebody on here who talks about relationships because that'll blow up a dating coach of some sort or a dating coach or something like, like Hitch. that yeah exactly or there's this girl i follow on youtube christine ryan or courtney ryan i love her content mm. bro she's so dope she's also really hot but she has a boyfriend <laughs> now sad tear tear anyways um so yeah that's what j talks are about um so relationships business just people kind of what you're doing bro just pe- bringing people on also like i have j talk collabs as well so people who are just doing something in their respective space and just impacting the community impacting others like making an impact on their own lives and sharing their experiences and stuff so that's kind of what I do on J Talk. So talk about mental health a lot as well. Um, I also started J uh, ninety days of J vlogs. Um, that'll start here in October, um, and just putting out vlogs every day because I'm kind of just tired of sitting there and talking to the camera. I mean, it does get a little exhausting and repetitive sometimes, and I feel like people are gonna get tired of seeing that. Um, so I am like ramping up the ninety day ninety days with J vlogs. As well, just vlogging my lifestyle, what I do on a day to day, kind of what I already post on my Instagram, but a little bit more in depth, you know. So the world can get to know Jalen Omega just a little bit better. Exactly, exactly. Just, just enough, just enough. So that's what J talks are. I kind of just do that on the side because I also do see myself being like a, um, like a motivational speaker, um, and impacting the youth. Like I don't know why that's always been on my mind, but just being uh, an impact to the youth, um, creating a rec center. Um, it's like a YMCA type of deal nice. and just impacting people around me because right. That's like, that's what life's all about. Like, like, how are you going to pass on what you learn? How are you going to pass on your experiences to make somebody else's life easier and more, more, uh, more navigational, not the word I was looking for, but navigatable, you mean? navigatable. Yeah. Navigatable and a, and a, and a, and a smooth, easy going way because life's tough, bro. Everybody's fighting their own battles, man. I, I, been fighting my own battles and like i just one thing i just been practicing this week is waking up and just being grateful to be alive like i know that's so cliche but not everybody has a bed to wake up out of a queen size bed with a weighted blanket a super soft mattress and on top of that not not everybody has their own bathroom to use with clean water toothpaste fresh toothpaste nobody has their own fridge let alone food in that fridge to even open so that's something I've been really practicing this week, especially because I've been in a bit of a funk. Um, just practicing gratefulness and mindfulness, man. It's huge, bro. The the mind is so powerful. So powerful. like Damn. The brain really is a very powerful organ. I mean, I mean, what we're doing right now is literally a function of our brain. I, it's just that our bodies kind of just encase it. Mm, exactly. I mean, I would... One would argue is the strongest muscle in your body, the brain. Well, I think that's the tongue, but it's all right. It could be. Yeah, because the, <laughs> the brain's not a muscle. Yeah. It's all right. Uh... Hey, listen, did you, get, did you get hit one too many times in uh, high school? Yeah, the CTE's building up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's awesome. And, you know, it's actually funny because um, I actually went to an acting summer camp when I was much younger because I wanted to be an actor, or at least I thought. And I was robber number five. Okay, was it Robin Hood? No, no, no. It was it was some something about a chair. I don't know. It was really stupid. And this was in middle school, like elementary school. Elementary school. <laughs> yeah, I was living in Virginia at the time, and um, yeah, I just remember there was a kid named Miles, and 
he was like the one that made everyone laugh and i was like that guy who and i was that one kid who kind of sat by himself oh damn daniel <laughs> i mean it's all right it's all right bro look at you now bro you're thriving you have a bunch of bro you have a bunch of friends now and you have people around you who really care about you so you even though that was probably a sad time back then you look at yourself now bro you have so much love and great like gracious people around you dude and i'm grateful for that yeah exactly uh, see yeah and i've been trying to think of, I, i've been trying to be more grateful now that you mention it because um because i after seeing what was going on in afghanistan which just happened recently and then you know seeing those guys falling off planes because they were like we can't stay in we can't stay here we will literally cling to the side of a plane that's about to fly off the tarmac i'm thinking that's how desperate they are i'm like Wow, me going to a, me having a job that I don't like seems so minimal, and I feel like I just complain when I do that. I mean, granted, I'm a human, and I'm gonna complain because if you're if you're a human that says I don't complain, that's bullshit. One hundred percent, one hundred percent bullcrap. Everybody, everybody is going through something, no matter how minimal or, or major it is. Everybody's going through something, and also, like, don't feel like your problems are invalid. Correct. Just because there's somebody else. And not just not you, but like mm-hmm. in general, like to the audience, like everybody's going through something. You have every right to feel how you want to feel about a situation. If something's not suiting you, like, okay, just let those emotions flow through you. What can you do differently about it? Um, can you change it? Yes. All right. So build a plan of action and do something about it. Can you not change it? All right, then. So accept it and just go through and find a way around. I exactly. mean, that's why um, one of my favorite books, um, it was part of a three book series by Ryan Holiday. It's about stoicism and it's called The Obstacle is the Way. Yeah. And so it actually comes from, I mean, that's actually, I believe, a line from Marcus Aurelius himself when, you know, the obstacle, you know, stands in the way, but then the obstacle becomes the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a great example of that right now because I haven't read the book in a while, but. It's just kind of like, you know, if, like you said, if you can't, if you can't fix something, at least address it and then, okay, well, you know, you're not dead, so you can find a solution around it. I mean, granted, it's not going to be momentaneous, you know, right afterwards, but it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly, man. That's, that's like right on point with what we're talking about, like with acting, bro. Like, so, um, I, a lot of people know this, but I am planning to finally move out to LA soon. Mazel Um, tov, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so before I get into that, so with the acting, so after improv, um, I kept doing my J talks and stuff like that. I'm still putting them out. And then my good friend Kylie, she came along. Well, we've been friends since college. Like she's just always been one of those people where I knew, like, you know, when some people just crop, you cross paths and you just know they're going to be a part of your life. Like you, bro. Like when we met, dude, like I just knew we were going to be part of each other's lives for like many projects to come and like we like we always talked about it and mentioned it we just didn't know how it was going to happen or when she was one of those people as well so she got me into taking acting classes um so we have the same acting coach we we act at the same studio and the studio's primary locations in la so i've been doing that for about a little under a year so you've been doing like you've been doing the lessons and like everything remotely i'm assuming yeah it's all remotely through zooms it's very different just imagine having a weekly fly out to la just imagine the bill that would rack imagine. up imagine yeah i wish somebody would pay for that bill i would love to go to la a lot more often but that's why i'm well, moving so, me yeah, well soon you'll be there forever that you'll get so sick of it you want to move back here i'm just yeah, kidding it's, eh, it's possible <laughs> <laughs> well a lot of people are moving out of la but i've I, noticed that 
I, I always say more room for me. I don't really care because that's where I want to be. And that's how I knew, like, have known that I'm not just following the crowd, you know? Because even though everyone's like, oh, the hype's dying down. Everyone's leaving there. It's like, okay, I'm still going. You, d- you just like it there. Yeah, exactly. I Bro, I love it there. I mean, there's some things I don't agree with, obviously. Yeah. There's like half of the things I kind of don't agree with, but, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, bro. So she's just, she got me into that. And so that's kind of what has accelerated this plan of moving out there. Cause I, I want to be in person. I want to be doing this full time because like a lot of people think in order to be a successful actor, you got to be a list. You got to be a list. You got to be well known in all these, like, like people see Michael B. Jordan, Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise. Dude, the guy from the Allstate commercial is famous. Yeah, exactly. Off commercials, bro. And he's probably making millions off that and that's his full-time job to do 15 second commercials granted behind the scenes it's probably way longer than that but like his face value is only like 15 seconds per per month one video or one commercial and that's it and he's getting paid millions every time or like thousands every time that airs bro like you don't have to be a full-time like you don't have to be a A a-list actor or face to be successful in that industry like there's people in my class who do commercials short films and like um web series and stuff like that and they're doing just fine and they're happy me personally i feel like as long as i'm making the money the fame can kind of come second yeah because fame because you can't pay bills with fame nope nope just like they say uh gas doesn't run on friendships (laughs) 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 exactly same thing man so i'm i'm just really 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 excited so i i um i have my portfolio and resume i'm still working on getting new headshots which i sh- honestly i should have been done that but it's okay headshots yeah yeah i, I mean you know i'm a freelance photographer yeah you're keep forgetting of... that yeah my <laughs> it's fault. all right well bro you're always busy too though all respect to you though because you're busy with real stuff like you're doing you're really out here doing it dude I'm, I'm trying i'm really doing my best i mean i feel like everybody is now um even in this pandemic even though it's sort sort of quote unquote died down even though that things are kind of flaring back up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's just trying to do their best at this time because no one really expected that. No one expected this. You yeah. know, it's kind of funny when people ask, um, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, I guess people back in 2016 weren't thinking, oh, we're going to be in a pandemic, so I'm going to be completely screwed. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, there'll be a pandemic in five years, so I see myself just figuring it out. <laughs> you know? And that's kind of where we're all at. I mean, that's definitely where I'm at as well, man. So you're not alone in that in that degree at all, in that arena. Um, but yeah, bro, so I mean, I'm still, I'm still excited to be moving Moving out there and doing all that stuff man i'm just excited to be finally doing what i love and you've been in florida all your life right yeah bro i was born in tallahassee moved to orlando when i was like seven years old and i have been here ever since so and it's crazy because like orlando is like a hub for tourists and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and i've been noticing a lot more recently like when i introduce myself to new people they're like oh where are you from i was like oh i was born in tally but i'm from orlando they're like you're from you're from here like people live here like (laughs) I've been getting that so much more lately. It's become more common. But at first, I'm like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean people live here? Yes, people live here. But like with Disney, Universal, all the theme parks, all Everyone the Everyone just seems really temporary. Yeah, exactly. Like I have a friend. She's from Texas and she's actually moving back to Texas after being here for six years. Um, she just wants to start over and stuff like that. Nice. Um, 
but yeah, I get that a lot. They're like, oh, you actually, you're from here? Like, you live here? And that's another thing. I feel like a lot of people from Orlando, they hate to claim that they're from Orlando. Have you noticed that? It's like, I've noticed it, but it's not hate per se, but I do know where you're coming from. It's, yeah. I don't know, it's just, especially with us being, you know, having gone to school here in mm-hmm. at UCF, you know, it's... I, I feel like there's some kind of stigma in staying in the place that you went to college to, but just because you found opportunities. Mm. I honestly don't think that's a bad thing because as long as you find a place to establish yourself and you are fully confident in it, what is it why does it matter where you um, decide to start your life? Yeah. You know, that's very true. I definitely feel like I can I can see myself being those people asking me those questions in L.A. Like when I get out there, I'm like, oh, where are you from? They're like, oh, I'm from here. I'm like, wait, you actually lived here all your life? Like, I'm going to be one of those people. Yeah, that's right. Wait, you didn't move here at 25 when you were told you were the hottest girl in your thousand person town? Right. <laughs> no, you should just be out there. You should go do something with your life. Figure it out in L.A. And that's the thing about like the pretty women that go out there, it seems like, you know, where they're from, they're, like, really pretty, but then once they go there, they're just, they're just one of many. They're, they are. I mean, well, that's the same thing here, too. I feel like Orlando is packed with beautiful women, beautiful people, talented people as well, especially Miami, too. We have Miami, we have here, we have, we have SoFlo. Um, uh, Tampa. Tampa. Tampa's growing expeditiously. Um, exponentially exponentially yeah my vocab today i I'm, i promise i'm a literature person guys i really do he is a li- he is a literate person i i am <laughs> yeah i'm i'm tripping but yeah um yeah it's growing out there as well we have we have all these hubs for beautiful people talented people well you know they love the water they love the they love the humidity well actually no they don't like that part they love the photo ops bro true i mean <laughs> i mean constant vacation quote unquote but it's like my version of vacation is going to where they're from you know being in the snow and the cold i like being secluded yeah i mean that's kind of the vacation that i kind of need right now i just need to be like with my own thoughts just somewhere that isn't here because with here i have to hear a train every like three hours at least there i'll hear like you know a a wolf howling i mean granted that means that they'll be nearby and they could potentially eat me but you know what i'm like ah nature (laughs) it's a different it's a big difference bro my friend was actually planning a trip to colorado um either colorado or tennessee like get a cabin or something like that that i was originally was going to do that until kylie told me about la for her birthday yeah you want to save every penny for that oh 100 it's so expensive granted for my birthday i in total because i had somewhere to stay mm-hmm. i only spent like 1200 dollars. i say only but yeah exactly yeah, it was still a lot, i could but. i could use 1200 dollars right now bro i can use twenty thousand dollars right now i can <laughs> i can use twenty thousand and one dollars right now <laughs> This is a recent uh, revelation that I've come up with. Mm. In your 20s, as as a young person, you're supposed to be broke. Yeah. Not saying that, you know, if, I mean, granted, if you work your butt off, if you work your butt off and um, you, you earn what you, and you earn like a higher living, then, you know, good for you. But it's just that, you know, you're supposed to make mistakes and do stupid stuff at this age. I mean, granted, as long as it keeps you out of jail. I also learned that people don't win all the time. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. Because, you know, we're not supposed to. Just like how nothing is ever 100% perfect, you know, life can't ever be 100% perfect. You know, there has to be some monkey wrenches that has to thro- that has to be thrown in in order for you to learn. 
100%, bro. And a lot of people, uh, and that's that's another thing, too. Like, a, there's a lot more L's than W's in life. Mm-hmm. The thing is, people just don't see it. The W shine way through, shine more through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The same thing with, with uh, like, social media. Like, it's just highlight reels. People only show their wins, their, like, their, their newest and next vacation, their newest car model, stuff like that. And it's like, you didn't see behind the scenes of what it took them to get there. Uh, you didn't see them applying for another credit card just to afford that <laughs> and exactly. going into more debt or something like that. Um, but yeah, bro, you're completely spot on, dude. People, people think it's all fine and dandy and easy, go lucky, happy, go lucky, just because of highlight reels, and mm-hmm. it's it's not. It's freaking hard, especially here in our twenties, like you said. Especially for an actor, I would say too, because um, you know, you you have so much competition out there because of social media. Your competition is not just in LA anymore. Now you have to fight with the entire world. Mm, yeah, I had to sit on that for a second. Yeah, bro. I'm, oof, yeah, everybody's a brand ambassador now. Um, <laughs> Quote unquote brand ambassadors. Yeah, everybody, whatever that means. Everybody gets paid from YouTube. I was actually listening to these people talk one day. And they were like, "Yo, if I meet a girl and she sits here and tells me she's an IG model, the first thing I'm gonna ask her is, let me see your I nine statement, your tax, your tax statement, because if you're an IG model, like when I think IG model." And you're you're supposedly quote unquote getting paid to mm-hmm. brand this stuff. You better be getting paid like a lot of freaking money, enough money to like have on your taxes, or else you're not an IG model. Correct. Self proclaimed. Yeah, self proclaimed IG model. <laughs> but yeah, bro. Um, it's just it, it's hard. It's hard. There's so many actors. There's so many people just trying to get there. Um, it's it's a pretty vigorous arena the entertainment media acting world for sure it's not easy at all you got to stay on top of it 100 percent. i've been slacking for sure but i mean just like you said we're in our 20s mid 20s and i know i'm gonna be all right i know i'm gonna be successful and it's gonna happen for us all you're gonna do great things jalen yes sir i appreciate that bro jalen who are your main inspirations when it comes to acting I'd say I'd go with my main two who I, well, main three, actually, who I aspire to, like, take after for sure. Will Smith, number one. Um, nice. And then, my favorite rapper. <laughs> I, bro, I forgot he had albums and that he but, never cursed on. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's why I love him the most. Legend, bro. He's a legend, dude. They made fun of him on Family Guy for it. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Woo, ha-ha. I respect women when I'm on a date. Ho-ho, woohoo. <laughs> yeah, I uh-huh. love that <laughs> So <laughs> Will Smith for sure. Um, I take after him a lot. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, and then more recently, um, Washington. David, really? David T. Washington. David T. Washington. Is that his name? John T. Washington. Oh, I thought you were talking about Denzel Washington's son. Oh, I didn't know he had a son that acted. Yeah, bro. He's in, well, his most recent, well, that I've seen um, is Beckett on mm-hmm. Netflix. He's the main character in Tenet. Have you ever watched Tenet? No. Bro, I've watched that movie like four times. It's better than Inception. Really? In my opinion. I may be biased again. It's um, it's him and Robert Pattinson, dude. Mm-hmm. Bro, that movie, go watch Tenet, bro. You have, you have to watch Tenet. What platform is it on? HBO Max. Okay, I have that. So, yeah, I'll take it out. I'll yeah. Try, yeah. 100% HBO Max. I watched it in theaters, bro. 
that movie was probably the loudest movie I've ever heard. Like, like surround sound audio wise. Oh, like I thought you were about to say that doesn't sound like a marijuana movie. No, no, no. It's not a marijuana movie. Bro. Not that loud? No, not that loud. But loud enough. <laughs> it could compare. One would compare. <laughs> um, no, that movie, like even from the opening scene, like it's because how they how they um, distort the audio the audio and music and stuff like that like it, it goes with the theme of the movie but okay dude masterpiece of a movie dude masterpiece and it was i think it was i believe it was directed by uh um is it nolan christopher nolan christopher nolan oh well that makes sense yeah yeah it he was, makes very loud movies yeah exactly good movies but loud. amazing movies man that that movie for sure dude is what really put me on to him I'm like yo this dude he's got it and I'm even then I didn't realize that was Denzel Washington's son, hmm. but yeah, him and yeah, that's who I've taken like who I've been paying atten- a lot more attention to as well. He's on the rise for sure to like right with his dad. I mean, again, I might be biased because I'm younger, but I feel like he can he can surpass his dad one day. I mean, you know, that's the thing we gotta wait like thirty plus years exactly, now. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, because Denzel's just a legend, man. He's a legend. Yeah. So getting old, are, but a legend. Yeah, he's still he's still a legend. Um, so yeah, those are the top three that I take after that I aspire to be like. Um, Michael B. Jordan, dude, he's he's phenomenal. He his range, his versatility on on the on the acting spectrum is just. I think he's ha- he has a lot further he can go. Like take it for real. One of my favorite um, superheroes by far is Black Panther. And so when that movie came out, um, honestly, I got to give Michael B. Jordan props to um, playing Killmonger. He played a very convincing villain. Yeah. Did you see what he went through? Yeah. Especially with like all the bumps on his body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like he they asked him on one of the interviews, they were like, oh, how is uh, like how was it like? during that role like going through the movie and like afterwards he's like man it, it was just really it was really tough because killmonger is like a loner he's like he's like the alpha or he's the omega of the, of the group and so he had to like really get into character of, of prepping and doing homework of like being alone like kind of distancing distancing himself from his family in real life and like going on trips alone and like do like being a loner he's like bro i had to go to therapy afterwards a lot of actors actually do that they go to therapy and stuff out there really tough roles like that and he's like yeah it took me a couple months to kind of get out of it oh damn like that that's how deep acting is man like to really land those roles like that and to make it like the, that's the reason why some of these actors on the big screen are so believable because they actually live it uh, Joaquin Felix, Phoenix and, it's called and, method acting right method acting yeah so Joaquin Phoenix and Joker uh, Daniel Day Lewis in almost any of his roles. Exactly, and then you have, um, then you have, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie, The Revelation, um, like that. He actually slept. Is it The Revelation or The Revenant? The Revenant. The Revenant. The Revenant. Why did I get the Revelation? Yeah, it's The Revenant. He actually slept in a cowhide. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I read about that, and of course, he didn't actually get attacked by a bear because yeah, yeah of course, he, you know, they would have had to replace him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, him in the Revenant. There was another movie that I that was on the tip of my tongue. I can't. Oh, um, I can't remember. I mean, even in Django, when he broke the glass with his hand, it was actually broken glass and it was bleeding, and like the cast. You know, they were getting the doctors ready, but then the director was like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. It was actually Leonardo. It was like, no, no, we're going to keep filming. And mm. they were like, um, okay, sure. Yeah, that people go to extreme lengths to, to stay in character. Yeah, 
like you see Tom Cruise, he actually performs those stunts in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Apparently, um, he wears a thong to um, increase his mo- his incre- increase his movement um, range. Or at least that's what he says about that. Or when he was asked about his man thong, I remember reading that somewhere. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know where what where it came up where I read that, but it's just there, and I'm like, oh, okay, sure. It's probably true. I I mean, I would have sure it is on certain no on on the surface like exactly like on the surface like ah, I don't believe that this is just for the camera, but like actually being in the industry and understanding like what it takes. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I could see. I mean, it's kind of like why why um, WWE wrestlers they wear like those bikini bottoms because you know it's like they gotta move their mobility. That's right. <laughs> or at least, it, or at least that's how that's what I was told. Maybe it helps with stamina too. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. But hey, listen, you know, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Rock, all those guys. <laughs> hey, legends, bro. They made it work. They, they of their own of their own kind. Yes, they <laughs> they, they methodized to the fullest. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, the prep it's 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 a lot. Like the prep and doing your homework on. So what like, goes into prepping? I'm sorry, prepping. So prepping, so prepping specifically is what you do before a scene. So, like my acting coach, he always says he always suggests, and there's no time limit on it. Um, but he always suggests like 10 minutes before you're actually doing the scene, you need to be prepping and getting prepared to be in character, to be ready to integrate how you're feeling with who your character is. Because like essentially you are the character. doesn't matter for me, Jalen. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I need to feel how, let's say, Kyle's feeling. Mm-hmm. The, the person I'm playing, I need to be So amped up on a monster energy drink while eating a bunch of Doritos. Yeah, that's possible if that's what the scene <laughs> Let's requires. Let's go, Kyle. Yeah, like wow. shotgun a monster and, and get ready and oh be ready. Oh, my God. That's, so, like, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, but anything, that's what it's Anything for the shot. Anything for the shot. Anything for the prep. Um, anything so, for the vine? Do it for the vine. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> do it for the vine. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. <laughs> man, RP vine, dude. I'm sad now. Stupid kids don't even know what vine is. They have TikTok. I don't know any of the TikTok dances. Neither I don't do know I. Just, I, don't, I don't even <laughs> scroll through TikTok. That's the thing. It's I actually had to learn for my job at the gun range when I was doing their social media. But going back to what you were saying. Yeah. So, um, like, for instance, like with the prep. So, for example, Kylie and I are actually doing a scene together for class. And we're playing, like, boyfriend, girlfriend. And so we're going, we're actually performing a breakup scene. So, for example, I need to be prepping being pissed off, tired as hell, coming from a long day of work. I'm like a bus driver, uh, just dealing with people all day. I just want to come home and just relax for 20 minutes, and she won't let me, essentially. Aren't you rooming with Kylie? Yeah, we're going to be roommates in L.A., bro. <laughs> Honestly, minus the bus driver part and minus the boyfriend-girlfriend, it, that sounds like exactly what your life is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll literally, like, do these damn dishes. Like, bro, I'm not doing shit. Leave me alone. <laughs> Give me 20 minutes, and I'll think about it, maybe, if you don't ask again. Yeah, so essentially, that's how a prep works. And then, so you have a prep, that's the 10 minutes before the scene, and then, like, you have, like, homework, so it's like, studying the script understanding the script being the script and not just knowing your lines no matter what role you play but understanding who else is like who whose roles are integrated with yours as well and understanding what everybody else is doing and who they are as their character um that's like homework and then if you want to if you go to the next level there's method acting of of doing more um extensional 
That's the word, right? Yeah. Okay, making sure my vocab is back on <laughs> doing some existential, uh, some some work of like being alone or like being in like a fake relationship in real life. I don't know. I don't or, know, bro. Or maybe like putting on or you know taking out twenty or forty pounds at a time. That too. Yeah, that's another level of or, or getting super shredded. Like Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. It, like you know he got super buff for Batman, but then for the machinist i believe is what what it's called he yeah, got super skinny yeah like, like emaciated like yeah man yeah that's intense bro uh, see that that stuff like that is what makes an a-list actor a-list you know like i i just i don't know i mean maybe if the time ever came where i had like back-to-back roles like that maybe but um, I don't, I don't know, man. That it's so extreme, but that's that's how it is. That's how the acting world is. And like, like I was saying before, man. There's like, like I'm on all these casting sites or whatever. Like I have my demo reels. I have my my portfolio resume. I have older headshots that are still up. Um, and like I'll apply for a role, and then I'll get the audition. And sometimes I'll be like, hey, like the producer will like reach out to me, like, hey, um, I saw your role. I saw your resume. I think you'd be great for this part. Uh, I need, can you send in the self tape or come in for an audition? It's tomorrow. And it's like, it's tomorrow. Like, uh, how bad do I want this? Uh, and then it's it to that point. It's like, how bad do I want this? What do I need to read over? Sometimes you'll have some like that. Um, I'll be honest. A lot of mine recently have been like that. They're like, Oh, um, I need, I need a self tape within two days. I need a self tape within 24 hours. It's just like, bro, do I want it that bad right now? But it all dep- it's all up to me at that point, you know? So you'll get some like that, and then you'll get some that are like, oh, um, I need it by, by two weeks. So you have a little bit more time to work with. But, man, that, that's just a little little snippet of how the acting world kind of works hmm. for someone like me who's just trying to come up and just get his name out there a lot more. What would you say are some of your favorite projects that you have done up to this point? I would say, well, I've mostly only been in short films as of right now. Um, I'm working on uh, producing or in direct, well, directing and screenwriting a um, a set of web web series, web series about what? Which are short films. So, um, they're short films, but they're going to be episode short film episodes. So, calling it a web, we're calling it a web series, basically for the mental health project. So that's something that Kylie and I co-founded together, just bringing more awareness to mental health and how serious it is for for everyone, really, man. Because before a couple years ago, like mental health was always seen as something that's made up that's all in you stigmatized head. yeah very 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 stigmatized and so now that it's people are becoming more aware of it and it's starting to affect a lot more people especially with this pandemic it has shown um we're gonna we're just creating short films about different types of mental health disorders or mm-hmm. whatever whatever you may want to call them so like for instance our first episode is going to be called the social media epidemic so basically just how social media affects and runs the world, but from like a high school, like a high school group, friend group point of view. So you have the boyfriend, the girlfriend in the same friend group. You have the friends partying, seeing stuff on social media, the girl wishing she looked like this. She uh, wish she was here doing this with that person and the, and the guy like liking all these girls, photo ops and stuff like that, all these brand ambassadors and things like that. And, and then going from there. So and then that that'd be the first episode and then go into some like more personal episodes of like anxiety depression like really getting into the mind of someone who suffered from that 
um, which is myself and Kylie. And then she has suffered from disorders as well that she's been diagnosed with. And we'll go more into that as well with those uh, short films. Um, but yeah, so that's something we're working on that I'm really excited about. And then for myself that I've acted in, just short films like skits with Adrian, I'm actually using those for my demo reel. Um, he's phenomenal, by the way, man. I love that kid, dude. Um, so skits with him I have for my demo reel. And then I was in a short film a year and a half ago. It was like a wedding. Uh, it's called Walking on Eggshells. That was really fun. I was I was the support, so I was like I was like the best man for the um, for the groom. So that was pretty cool. Nice. So that's that. Those are a few projects to date that I've worked on that I'm pretty happy to be a part of. When did you start getting into learning about mental health? What's triggered? Because you know you said it was you and Kylie who figured um, who um, found it out. But is there some point in your life that you're that you really decided to really hunkered down and find what makes Jalen tick sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so like back to the middle school thing, I always knew there was something, I don't, I guess you could say something. There was something off with me. Like I knew it. I was like, bro, why am I There's always... something off with everybody, by the way? So don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I always feel like this? Like what is going on? Like, like I could wake up one day and be completely happy. Go lucky. The next day I'm freaking sitting next to my window seal with headphones and listening to sad Akon. Oh <laughs> yeah, dude. Like those are, those, that was a real thing. And I never, I never understood it. So like 2016, 2017, haven't heard that name in a while. Akon. Akon and young Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta take it easy. Um, Akon, Sam Shady. <laughs> if you're looking for me, I be on the block. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's an oldie, bro. But <laughs> I'm a soul survivor. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. So like it was like 2016, 2017. I didn't really understand. And I started going to um, like to my doctor and they were just like, oh, I had to take like a DSM. So for those who don't know what a DSM really quickly, it's basically just saying like, oh, um, in the past 90 days, I've been feeling like such and such agree, disagree, one to five, all this stuff. And um, I was rated like above, like pretty high. And so they, they prescribed me for anxiety, depression pills and stuff like that. And some things to kind of like integrate into my daily habits. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of started doing that. I got off the depression, anxiety pills, but I still knew something was off. So that's why I started going to therapy um, from 2017 to 2019. And that's kind of also how the mental or that's kind of also how the J talk started to arise just showing that vulnerability like even though i'm always appearing as a happy-go-lucky guy i have my own issues and not everything's peaches and cream you know and so kylie started to realize the same thing as well she noticed what i was doing and she's a social media marketing agent and she's phenomenal by the way um and she just like reached out to me she's like hey we both went through a lot of things we both have made a lot of progress this is something that i've been thinking about we should do this together I was like, okay. And then sure enough, like less than a week, she already had like a logo. She already had like site ideas, uh, ideas to like promote this stuff. And we have, we have some pretty big things that are coming up actually that like government, like involvement in a good way. Oh yeah, of course. In a good way. So, man, so that's kind of how we kind of gotten to this point of the mental health project. What are some stuff that, um, the mental health project is doing so currently we have the mental health project shop. So currently we have two shirts um, that one is like, it's okay to be sad. And then on the back, it says like mental health awareness or the mental health project. And then we have another shirt um, 
and it's on the mental health shop so right now we're just pushing the merch mm-hmm. like those two and then we're gonna come with more accessories uh keychains tags stickers stuff like that um and then we also do mental health mondays on this app called clubhouse so every single monday for about two hours we kind of just host a room and uh, the audience has started to call it like free therapy <sighs> Because, like, it's literally just a safe space. We have, like, kind of topics and prompts that we use to kind of navigate the, the um, conversation. Just so people don't feel left out. We ask the audience questions and you're free to speak whenever you'd like. And we will chime in once they're done and just kind of reaffirm them and reassure them and let them know, like, yo, I'm like, thank you. For me, at least, I'll be like, yo, thank you for being here. Like, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to share this with us in the audience and kind of give some some affirmations and things like that. Um, so those are two things. Like I said, we also have the short films coming up and then um, we have the uh, mental health project page and we're coming on Instagram. Finally, we got that up and then we're also going to be working on a website. So those are just a few things. And then yeah, just quote unquote a few. That sounds like a lot going on for you guys. Yeah. It's only up from here, baby. Only wow, what you're doing is a really beautiful thing, and um, you, like you said, with all the stigmatism, it seems like um, people are still kind of in the dark ages about that whole thing, and you know we're finding new stuff about our brain all the time, and um, that's kind of the thing about humanity. It's like, granted, we can't explore via lands because because mm-hmm. the globe's already been founded out, you know, in, t- in its entirety, but then. There's also the world of like what's inside our head that's still even being played with to this day. I mean, they're even doing studies with like psychedelic mushrooms and mm-hmm. um, especially for people with P- PTSD. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this is a whole new realm that we haven't really tackled yet because I guess we never really thought to even think about it at first. And it's been right there between our eyes the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite literally, if you want to take it that way. Exactly. Again, just a few things, but it's a lot going on. It's a lot to it's a lot to manage. Um, not just the mental health project, but also this new uh, avenue of acting, and then coming from that huge line of football and disciplinary, like a family, like a very disciplined and, and get to it family. So that's that's about my life, bro, right there, man. Well, sounds like you've got a lot of great things going for you. Yeah, bro, and, I appreciate it, man. And listen, we're all in our humble beginnings right now, so you know. Don't feel bad if you aren't doing anything great right now. Ariana, you know, people like Ariana Grande are like one out of trillions. Mm-hmm. Even though it's out of billions of people, it's like the chances, the odds are out of trillions. Okay, now it is time for the question bonus round. Every episode of Big DK Energy will have a bonus question round for our guests just so that you can get to know and love them more. So, so Jalen, to start off with these questions, uh, hold on, let me just pull them up. <laughs> oh boy, they must be spicy then you're pulling them up, bro. Oh, absolutely. So, Jalen, what are your ultimate dreams and goals and where do you see yourself living? Oh man, my ultimate dreams and goals. Um, I want to go back to school and get my doctorate in sports psychology. Um, I want to be a sports therapist for a professional team, build my own um, like organization slash corporation of um, like YMCA's sort of deals. Um, I haven't come up with a complete name yet, but just something for the youth and like probably like preferably like lower income places. And then it'll if it builds up, it builds up. 
Um, I actually have a vision board of living, like having my main home in Los Angeles. Um, my dream home, I have the address on it and everything. It's like $10 million right now. <laughs> um, my dream car is half a million uh, SVJ Aventador Lamborghini. Um, but most of my, but I see most of my revenue and income coming from like entertainment, media, acting, and my, um, and like being a mentor. Like uh, Eric Thomas and stuff like that. Nice. Number two, what's a country you would like to go viral in? A country I'd like to go viral in? Um, the first thing that goes in my head is Germany. Really? I don't know. I've always wanted to visit Germany. I love I love Bayern Munich, the football club. Oh, me too. Yeah. They're that, great. Yeah. <laughs> Mia son Mia, baby. Um, so yeah, probably Germany. I don't know why that popped in my head. You can be this generation's David Hasselhoff. Ooh, yes. Even more of a reason. What are your recent strides in the acting world? Number three. Um, my recent strides is finally getting my demo reel together, my resume and my portfolio, and preparing for my big move out to the hub of acting the city of angels city of angels baby number four who are you so we already discussed who your top three actors were name one more and then i want you to think of a movie in which they would all be in and give them characters okay will smith all right will smith michael b jordan washington and who's number four? Ooh, I'd say Leonardo DiCaprio. All right, now think of a plot that they're all in. Ooh, first one off the top of your this head. This may not even be good, but Leonardo DiCaprio is like kind of like the center, sinister, center, the sinister like. Well, uh, sinister people are sinners, so that works. <laughs> the sinister like um, mastermind behind some type of government or government officiating plan something basic like that you have will smith who's like lead commander of like the united states or like army or something like that you have you have michael b jordan who's like the youngling who doesn't really he's kind of new to the force mm-hmm. doesn't really understand everything and what he's been tasked with for this operation and then you have like you have washington who's like he's like follow my lead type of guy like he's kind of like you have Will Smith as the commander, mm-hmm. the lieutenant commander, um, and you have uh, uh, Washington under him, and he's like the one who's really the action guy, and then you have Michael B. Jordan, who's kind of like the coolest one, kind of falls in love with someone of some kind, yeah, some support role, who is also working with Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, nice. That's oh. off the top of my head. Oh, actually, um great answer by the way oh but um actually speaking of supporting um number five if you could support any actor or be or be in a supporting role for any actor who would it be and why if i could be in any supporting role for an actor i don't know why this just came to my head but i never thought of this before but kevin hart (laughs) like i could see my i could see myself being like the combative like um, younger cousin or something. Oh my god! And just pissing each other off and just being able to go toe for toe with him, like uh, bitching and complaining, and just also being funny and comical at the same time. He'd probably like, climb up yet because you're like six four and he's like what two feet? Like two feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> like doesn't even go past my kneecaps, bro. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right, Kevin. You have millions of dollars and we don't. So and you're hilarious. Bro. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Number six. 
What's a quality in a person that you value the most? A quality I value the most, I'd say integrity. Integrity. Like, because it's really easy for someone to be, like, seem honest and genuine on a camera or in front of your face. But the biggest thing is, like, how they are behind the scenes. In real life. In real life, exactly. And, I mean, even then, I've, I've had people who I've come into contact with who will talk crap about somebody behind their backs and then in their face act like they are the greatest of family members or friends. So I say integrity 100%. Got it. Moving on to number seven. Based on your life, what's one of the most important lessons you've learned to this uh, date? Oh, man. Or to this day. To this day, based on my life. Um, I'd say... You'll, you'll figure it out and it'll all come together like it's supposed to. Like, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've put yourself through, whether it's unintentionally or intentionally, the fact that you're still here means that you have, you have further to go and you have, a, you have a goal. You have something that God or the universe or whatever you believe in has aligned for you to achieve before you leave. So no matter where you're at in life right now, you will figure it out. And it will align for you as it's, as it's supposed to. Nice. It's very comforting to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you get a little relaxed there, bro. Like, wow. Yep. I needed that. It's one of those things. <laughs> you just need to be reminded of it once in a while. 100%, man. Awesome. So moving on to number eight. Who is a hero of yours that is not a friend, friend or family member? Hmm. That's tough because I don't really have heroes. Okay, this this is probably going to be one that's like really out of nowhere. But I'd say a hero to me is XXXTentacion. Rest in peace. Um, really? For Yeah, exactly. Nobody would expect that. But I say he's a hero because he's actually was someone who spoke about mental health. Um, like he was, he was a badass in many degrees of the word, mm -hmm. but like he actually was someone who on and off camera, I felt like I've actually met him before. Really? Yeah. 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 He's actually someone who was always pushing someone forward, like letting them know like, Hey, you can do whatever it is that you put your mind to. Like, it's going to work out for you. Like you're going to be fine. Um, and even at such a young age, bro, like he was always trying to, even though he was crazy, he was always going, he was always in the going viral for something. Yeah. Um, he was always like trying to push people forward and I don't know, just inspire bro. Like, and the fact that he passed away, how he passed away when he was continuing to do that for others, it was just like, man, just gone too soon. And like, I've, I've posted about this before, but I mean, He's, he's one of few, and like by few, I mean like three artists who really like saved my life, like through his music. Who are the other two? Um, Juice World and Chris Brown. Chris Brown? Yeah. Huh. yeah. In interesting how you find the, the correct keys in life from the wrong people. I know. Right? <laughs> I don't know. What, well, I don't, know what, I don't know what Juice World did, but Chris Brown and, and XXX, I'm just like, um, Sure. Okay. Hey, listen. Yeah, I know. As long as you feel inspiration from them, I guess that's all that matters. Yeah, and, and that's just artist-wise, like sure. musically. And honestly, I did not know about that about X. So, um, 
I guess I can't fully hate him now. So I'm yeah. sorry about that ex. Yeah, I know he had like that thing going on with like he beat his baby mom and stuff like that, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I don't condone beating women. I don't condone. I really don't condone violence. I'm not a pacifist. Like there's a time for everything. Well, you are a strong safety. Of course, you can't be a pacifist. Yeah. <laughs> the phrase talk, talk shit, get hit. Yeah. You were the literal embodiment of that person. That, yeah. That Body. Was, bam. <laughs> I was always ready, man. That's what I loved about playing safety too. I love to hit people, and I could catch too. Oh but dang! Okay, so you were like, um, I was a real Troy Palomalu. Oh, hey, listen, one of the best. Yeah, one of the best for real. Um, kind of off topic, but um, one of my favorite Steelers ever is Heinz Ward. Mm-hmm. It, it, just Wait, for, why is that? Um, besides him being amazing, he's also half Korean like me. So okay, so I I I don't know. I just find that super cool about him. And, you know, the fact that there was somebody else, you know, who was also half Korean. I'm like, oh, that guy's kind of like me. And so that's why he became one of my favorites. That's inspiring. Yeah. That is, man. And, um, all right, excellent. I actually like that answer for eight. It was something I wouldn't have expected to hear. But, um, number nine. Tell me some of your, tell me some of your most important daily habits that keeps you on track. Some of my most important daily habits. Um, this one's very underrated, and people I don't think people really understand it. Um, I, it could be one of those things where you won't understand it unless you do it yourself, but making my bed every morning. Really? Making my <clears throat> bed. like It's something about like going throughout your entire day, and like no matter what the day has brought, and coming home to a neat, tidy room and a made bed. It's just, I feel uh, like serenity. Like when I walk serene, around. yeah, yeah, very serene, like a sense of that, and just like, oh man, this feels great. So that making my bed, um, meditating, reading my devotionals, um, in the morning. Um, Devotional, not sabbatical. Okay, I used the word incorrectly the other day, but I, I had a, I had a boss that um, he did devotionals every day. Uh huh. In the middle of his store, um, he would just bring the Bible and just get some notes and just uh, kind of plug away at that. Yeah. Is that what you do? Well, I, I have this, um, it's called Daily Devotional for Men. Um, so there's actually applications in it. So hmm. I don't write them down. Maybe I should. I used to. But it's basically like you read through a couple passages and verses. And, it, and like the, the author of that devotional book kind of just explains what's going on and, and ties a story of from real life or from a movie into it. And there's applications like questions like, oh... From this passage, what do you think was being said to you? What do you think? Like, what do you get from that? It's something to think about and like answer out loud or write it down, you know? So there's application to it as well. So sometimes I'll just like say it out loud, but maybe I should start writing it down again. I mean, it can't hurt. I mean, you can just read back to it and, you know, like a few months later, it's like, oh yeah, I wrote that. I wrote this. Yeah, right. I have a book. Wow. You just inspired me to go home and go back through that devotional book that I did write in. All right. Well, yeah. hey, listen, whether you do it or not, you're still a man, Jalen. Hey, appreciate that. <laughs> hey, question number 10, and this is going to be the last question. Or actually, I have another question or, you know, a bonus question after this. But number oh, 10, boy. name something that you're really proud of overcoming. Oh, uh, one thing. I know it's a very vague question, but. It is a very vague question, but it's all right. Um. I think I'm, to be basic back, well, yeah, I think I'm just really proud of 
not overcoming, but my but understanding more like my depression, anxiety, and the effect it has on my mental health, and how to combat it, and and move with more ease throughout my days and months in life, really. So that's definitely something that I'm very proud of, understanding more about myself and how that works. And yeah, man, I mean, it's an everyday battle as well. But the fact that I have the tools and the knowledge to be able to. And the willpower to go through. And the willpower, the mental strength. That, that's number one. Having that mental capability is what I'm proud of the most, for sure, for sure. Good for you, man. Excellent answers. And, yeah, and as the bonus question, what is your favorite Bible verse? Oh, man. Ironically, being asked by a Jew. Um, I'd say Proverbs twenty two one. What is that? What does that one say? Um, a good name is to be desired than great riches, for favor is better than silver and gold. So, if to break it down a little bit, um, a good name is to be desired than great riches. Like integrity, back to the integrity thing, and how you treat others, and what you're doing with this one life that you have on earth means a lot more than the monetary value in your net worth, so to speak. Um, so to have a good name is to be, is better than having a net worth of a billion dollars. I mean, what's being a billionaire when you're a piece of shit and no one likes you, you know? Um, favor is better than silver and gold. So like being a uh, an asset to others and helping out others and doing for those who can't do for themselves will take you a lot further than a dollar bill will. I mean, a dollar bill will help a lot too, but... A lot of people will remember what you did for them. Correct. You, people remember the way that you made them feel. Exactly. So that's why that's my favorite verse. I've been reciting that since high school. Wow. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Excellent. So with that, we have come to the conclusion of the show. And Jalen, I just want to say thank you again for, for attending. And as we wrap up, I just want to say your story is amazing, especially the come up, the football the way that you're carrying yourself about acting and the fact that you're also a person with such a big heart and that you positively affect everyone that is around you. And with all of that, I think that's the reason why you, Jalen Omega Houston, have big DK energy. Hey, I appreciate that, bro. That was amazing clothes, man. Very heartfelt. I'm 100% grateful to be here. Grateful to be working with you on something again. Bro, I know this isn't this isn't gonna be the last time, and just like for this podcast, man, you're gonna be you're gonna kill it. This is this is an exciting platform. I'm I'm just as excited for you as a friend as you are as the host, bro. And I'm just really honored to be here. I'm grateful, man. I truly am. Well, I appreciate that. So, um, with all that being said, uh, we will put all of his social media um, links in the description below and don't forget to comment likes and subscribes and also don't forget to check out jtox as well don't forget to check that out seriously you'll you'll um feel a lot better after listening to at least one so with that being said i'm danny k thanks for stopping in thank you guys have a good one man stay blessed stay blessed